Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Welcome to No Limits Church. I'm so thankful that you're joining us today in your home or your car, wherever you are right now. If you're new here, I'm really glad you tuned in. Today, we're going to continue a series called What's Next? Um, We all have a next step in our journey with God, and through this series, I've been helping you figure out what that is. But for those who don't know me, my name is Kate. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth, who you saw up here singing this morning. At No Limits, we're on this mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom, and we want to help people discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God planned for you before you were even born, and that's a journey, and we need each other along that journey. That's why we get together every Sunday. That's why we get together throughout the week in our small groups, and the goal we're reaching for is actually found in Ephesians 3.20, which says, all glory to God because he's able through his mighty power working in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So that's why our name's No Limits Church. So go ahead and look at whoever you're watching with right now and say, it's time to take the limits off. Or if you're watching by yourself, just say it to yourself. It's, it's time. It's time to take the limits off. Now, before we get into the message today, I actually want to give you an update on when we can expect to gather in person again. Exciting news. I was on a call with Governor Stitt uh, this past Friday with hundreds of other pastors, and he gave us great news for Oklahoma. If you listen to uh, President Trump's message from this past Thursday or his briefing, he uh, unleashed a three-phase plan to get America back on its feet again. Uh, But it's up to the state governors on whenever we're going to move into like phase one. So Governor Stitt let us know that he plans to move Oklahoma into phase one on May 1st. So what does that mean for us? Well, churches can begin meeting again in phase one as long as they observe physical distancing. So that's super cool. Restaurants and gyms can also start allowing people inside again. Uh, this is really great news, but so we'll most likely be able to meet in person again on Sunday, May 3rd, which is only two Sundays from now. We still need to honor those uh, physical distancing protocols. We're still working what the details look like on that. We'll send that information to you whenever we have it. In, uh, in this phase one plan, those who are elderly or have the pre-existing health conditions, I, I do still encourage you to enjoy church online at your home. And of course, anybody who wants to stay home because you want to wait this out just a little bit longer, that's totally cool with us. We're going to continue streaming these services so you can be a part of those at home. Whew, we're finally moving like forward in this. I'm so excited. God is good. All right, let's wrap up this series called What's Next? You may remember four weeks ago, we kicked off the series, and I told you guys about how the destination of your spiritual journey is to get to a place where you're making a difference in the lives of others. The truth of the matter is, you'll always be searching for fulfillment until you get to that place. But there are some steps you got to take first, and this series has been designed to help you figure out where you are in this journey so you can figure out what the next step is for you. And let me show you a scripture on why it's so important to know this plan, God's plan for our lives, and this is the theme verse for our series, so you've, you've heard this a couple times already, it's going to look familiar, but Proverbs twenty nine eighteen: if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So maybe you feel like the first part of this verse right now, you're kind of stumbling in life. You're stumbling in your marriage, stumbling at work, and, and these issues come up, and you think that you got to get rid of those issues to fix the problem, but the problem isn't your problem. The problem goes much deeper than what you see on the surface. 
You see, when you don't know God's plan for your life, what do you do? You stumble. And that's why these messages have been so important. And if you've really tuned in over the last three weeks, you, you now have clarity on what God wants to do in your life. And just like the second part of this verse says, when you attend to that plan, when you do it, when you do that plan, you're going to be not just blessed, but most blessed. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. You'll have purpose. And these beautiful qualities only come whenever you know God's plan for your life. Just like the psalmist said in Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Notice it doesn't say that God might show you the way of life. It says you will show me the way of life and joy of his presence will be the result. So what is this way of life? Well, we've talked about it. It's talked about many times through scripture. And if you've been with us through this series, you've already heard these three times. And if you've been to our church for long, you've heard them way more times than that. But remember how important it is for us to know what God's up to. If we don't know his plan for our lives, we're going to stumble. But if we do know his plan for our lives and we follow it, then we're going to be most blessed So tune in, listen, even though you've heard these before, and go ahead and write these down in your message notes if you have those ready. Here's the first step, know God. And it's kind of easy to like gaze over this one and think, yeah, yeah, of course I need to know about God, but we're not talking about knowing about God, we're talking about having a relationship with God. We talked about this in detail last week. Basically, I showed you guys a bunch of scripture that shows you that God's not looking for religion. He's not looking for you to live a perfect life. He's looking to have a relationship with you, hangups and all. Come as you are. God wants to have a relationship with you. This isn't about how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, how much you give in the offering, how much you come to church. This is all about pursuing a close relationship with God where you know him even better than you know your spouse or than you know your best friend. If you feel like God's kind of distant, I want you to go ahead and go to our website, nolimits.church, and listen to my message from last week called Closer to God. There you'll find some practical steps to help you build a relationship with God. It's going to help you. And here's step two in your spiritual journey, and that's find freedom. And hear me on this. God is not looking for you to get your act together first. He's looking for you to have a relationship with him first, and then he's going to help you get your act together. Doesn't that sound a lot better? That's why you have to know God before you find freedom. But you know, in the past several years, I've noticed that the church as a whole kind of started overlooking this step of finding freedom. We've been agreeing with culture on the issues of marriage, on the issues of gender, on the issue of life in the womb, and many other things. And it's almost like we started to believe that freedom is getting to do what we want, when we want, how we want, but that's not freedom at all. Freedom isn't whenever we get out of sin and live our lives the way that God intended us to live them. That's freedom. Let me put it to you this way. You know there's things in your life right now that if they weren't there, your life would be better. And that's what finding freedom is all about. And many of, the th- many of those things, you know, culture is going to tell you, oh, it's okay. That's, that's just who you are. You do you. But you know it's not okay because although it may be fun for a little while, there's always a negative consequence afterwards, like the shame, the guilt, the regret, or maybe there's even a physical element that shows up because of your behaviors. That's not freedom at all. Jesus paid the price for you to be free from all of that. He wants you to have freedom in your body, freedom in your mind, freedom from your past, and freedom in your heart. And if you're at a place right now where you need freedom, you're like, hey, that is what I need. I encourage you to go listen to my message from two weeks ago called The Way to Freedom because you're going to get some help there. You may feel like you can never be free from whatever you're dealing with, but trust me, you can. You can be free. And in Jesus is that freedom. So first things first, know God, and then it's time to find freedom from your past, your hangups, your habits. And once you get to a place of freedom, here's what's next. Discover purpose. 
And a lot of people like to jump to this one, like ignore the first two. I'll just jump in to step three. And then they wonder why they can't figure out God's purpose for their life. They're looking in the rearview mirror of their past, but they're trying to move forward into their purpose and it just doesn't work very well. And if you've been trying to discover purpose, but you can't seem to find it, stop searching, shift your focus to knowing God and finding freedom. Get those two things taken care of first, because you're never going to fully discover your purpose unless you complete steps one and two first. And once you discover purpose, you get to the destination, which is make a difference. And you'll never find lasting fulfillment until you're making a difference in the lives of others. And we're not just talking about making a difference in this life. We're talking about making a difference for eternity. This calling, this purpose, it's kind of woven into the core of our beings. Every human has a yearning desire on the inside of them to do something that matters. And it's because God put that on the inside of us. So that's why the whole plan, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, leads you to a place of making a difference because that's what you're after and that's where you find fulfillment. So the ultimate purpose of every person listening right now is to make a difference. So yes, we're all here to make a difference, but here's the cool thing. We're all going to make a difference in our own unique way. And that's why today we're going to focus on this step in our spiritual journey, discover purpose. Studies show that more than 87% of the church does not know what their purpose is. Wow. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ. So each of us is a specific part of that body with a specific function. Can you imagine if 87% of your physical body didn't know what it was doing? You probably couldn't walk, you'd be in a wheelchair, you probably couldn't talk, and you'd probably be drooling all over yourself. And I hate to say it, but is that the picture of the church right now? Is, is that why the church doesn't have the power that we read about in the Bible? Because 87% of us don't really know what we're doing? What's the biggest hang up here? What keeps people from discovering their purpose? Let me show it to you. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Doesn't that sound a lot like freedom? Finding freedom? Doing what the world does is going to lead you into bondage, but letting God make you new by changing the way that you think, that sounds like freedom. And what happens as a result of letting God transform us into something new? Are you ready for this? This, this is going to blow your mind. This is the same scripture that I'm about to show you, just the rest of it. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is a classic if-then statement. If you stop copying the world and instead let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, then you're going to know God's will for you. It's as simple as that. That's awesome. So I'm helping you change the way you think right now. So buckle your seatbelts, get ready to be transformed. Let me break this down for you. I'm going to give you three things that are keeping you from discovering your purpose. And then I'm going to give you four ways that God reveals purpose. Y'all, this is going to be good stuff. So jump on in here. Here's the first enemy of purpose. Go ahead and write this down if you're taking notes. And that's confusion. There's a lot of people who are just, you know, confused. They're not they're not sure if, even, if God even has a purpose for their life. They think that God maybe calls some people, but he doesn't call others. And all this talk about spiritual gifts, it just sounds kind of mysterious. And if the enemy can keep you confused, he can keep you from your purpose. But you don't have to be confused because the word of God has every answer that you're looking for. And I would recommend that you start by reading the book of Ephesians. Because Ephesians chapter 4 explains what the body of Christ is all about. It even talks about spiritual gifts brings a lot of clarity to that. And you can also go on our website and find a message that I did last year called Understanding Spiritual Gifts. So don't be confused. There's answers out there. And here's the next enemy of purpose, and that's comparison. Some people struggle to find their purpose because 
They're trying to live out somebody else's purpose. You're browsing your social feed and wishing you had their life or their house or their car or their family, and you'll never discover purpose when you're fixated on someone else's purpose. Come on, that's a good tweet right there. You'll never discover your purpose when you're fixated on someone else's purpose. And that's why we have this core value here at No Limits. And that's the comparison trap. It stops right here with us. I'm not going to try to be T.D. Jakes or Joel Osteen or any of the other pastors out there. I'm going to be Cade. And I'm going to lead this church with the gifts that God has given me. We're not going to be like the other church down the street. We're going to be No Limits Church. And we're going to fulfill the specific function that God has given our church. We don't have to do what everyone else is doing, but we do need to do what God has called us to do. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing. You don't need to have as much money as the other person. You don't need to have the same job or the same education. You don't need to have the same as anyone else around you. You just simply need to be you and be confident in who God has called you to be. If you were here in person right now, I'd ask you for a good amen right there. Here's the third enemy of purpose, and that's counterfeit. There's something that you thought was your purpose, but it's not. You thought it was all about being successful in your career, but you don't need a career. You need a calling. Am I saying that being successful in your profession is a bad thing? Well, heck no. I would never say that. But if our core motivation is success and money and power, you're going to find out at the end of that path, you've been running after a counterfeit. I don't think any of us wants to get to the end of our life and have God show us the thing that we should have done with our life and how many people it would have pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and brought them into the kingdom of heaven. But we were too busy doing our own thing over here. I don't think any of us wants to get to the end of our life and discover that. We all want to do what God has called us to do. And I believe we can even get caught up in doing good things, like, but we do them to earn something from God, or or we're just trying to get a pat on the back from, from those around us. And although people will praise us for being a nice person, we'll get to heaven and realize that we spent our time doing something that we weren't called to do. It wasn't the best plan for our lives. It doesn't have to be this way. God designed a purpose for you before you were even born. It's not like he said, boop. Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do with them. I'm just going to let them flounder around and and try to figure it out on their own. No, that's not how God does things. He designed the purpose first, and then he created you for that purpose. Super cool. Hopefully this is starting to resonate with you. But even if you've settled the fact that, yes, God created me on purpose for a purpose, there's still a question that we got to answer, and that's, how do I discover my purpose? And I love that question, even though it may be a bit daunting to you. But it shows me that you've realized that you have purpose, and now you're on a quest to figure out what that is. And one of the best ways for us to answer this question is to actually look at how God revealed purpose to people in the Bible. So you're going to find four different ways that people discovered purpose in the Bible. There's probably more than that, but four primary ways. So go ahead and write these down if you're filling out those message notes. And here's the first one. That's the call from birth. This is the people that like when they were a kid or, or a teenager or whatever, they had something on the inside of them that just knew what they were called to do. But then, you know, problems happen, marriage happen, life happen, your job happen, kids happen, and you forgot all about it. And some people get so far into adult life without pursuing what they felt like God called them to do that they think it's too late to get back on track. But the call of God is irrevocable. If you don't pursue it, it just kind of hangs out and waits for you. No matter how far you've gone or, or how long you've waited, God can always get you back on track to his original plan for your life. It doesn't make any sense to our natural mind. You're like, no, he can't. That doesn't make any sense. I've missed the opportunities. But let me remind you of something. God is not natural. He's supernatural, and he can do anything that he wants to. So no matter how long it's been, how far off you've gone, just he can just whoop, 
bring you right back into your purpose, and you just go right into it. It's awesome. And the best example of this call from birth is the prophet Jeremiah. And here's what he said in Jeremiah 1. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So before you were even conceived, God knew you, and he had a plan for you. And which, by the way, is why we are pro-life here at No Limits Church, and we will defend the life of the unborn without apology. This is why right here, America, listen up. Like the acceptance of abortion has welcomed darkness into our nation. And when the Bible says that we need to repent of our wicked ways and turn to him so that he can heal our land, this is one of those things that we need to repent of. I can tell you that. But this scripture, it goes on to say, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So here's the specifics for Jeremiah. God set him apart and he appointed him to be a prophet to the nations. Can I tell you something? This doesn't just apply to Jeremiah, it applies to you. God knows you. He appointed you. He has a purpose for you. He has a specific function for you in the body of Christ. This isn't just for Jeremiah, it's for you. But you may have the same response that Jeremiah did. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And I had the same excuse whenever God called me to pastor this church. But God, I'm too young. People won't take me seriously. And maybe you've talked yourself out of your calling because you don't think that your resume is impressive enough or, or you're not old enough or you're just not ready yet. Well, here's what God would say to you, just like he said to Jeremiah. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. So stop disqualifying yourself. Stop it. God wants to place his power on the inside of you so that he can accomplish what he needs to through you. You don't have to do this in your own power. And trust me, you don't want to because you won't get very far So Lord, right now, I pray for deep revelation for everyone listening right now to understand all they need to do is learn how to let your power work through them. Help us to get ourselves out of the way and trust in you. Man, I want you guys to get this. Stop talking down to yourself. Stop that. Stop saying you aren't ready. Stop being afraid of what other people are going to think. Stop that. Don't be afraid of people for God is with you. God is protecting you. God's power is working in you if you allow it. So therefore, go wherever God sends you and do whatever he calls you to do and be confident in it and be bold in it. All right, here's another way God reveals our purpose, and that's growing awareness. This is like when you get an idea, but you don't see the full picture yet. And it's revealed to you kind of like one piece at a time. And if we're honest, it's usually not fast enough. Anybody? Joseph in the Bible is actually the best example of this. He had a dream when he was young, and he saw all the nations, even his brothers, bowing down to worship him. And here's how naive Joseph was. He decided to go ahead and tell his brothers about the dream. And can you believe it? They, they didn't like that. They didn't like the idea of them, his older brothers bowing down to younger brother. So they sold him into slavery. And, and then Joseph spent a big part of his life in prison. So he was called by God, but everything seemed to be going away from God. Like, how's God going to use this? And maybe this is the one you relate to. You know you're called by God, but you just you just can't see like how you're going to get there. Everything's headed in the wrong direction. But what you find at the end of Joseph's story is that God used something, all the things that seemed to be wrong turns, and he like pulled them together to create something that only could have been created with the wrong turns. It's crazy. And if you're looking back at all the bad things that have happened to you and, and the mistakes that you've made, and you're thinking, you know, God can't make anything good of this, you're badly mistaken. He can make good out of it. God didn't cause those things to happen, but he can sure turn them into something good. That's his specialty. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. I hope you weren't just singing that this morning, but that you actually believe it. 
because it's so good. This reminds me of what's going on with the coronavirus. God is about to take all this bad stuff that has happened with the economy and create the most incredible blessing for those who are willing to step out in faith and receive it. I was actually reading this past Tuesday about when the Israelites had wandered in the wilderness for like 40 years, even though they were supposed to take the promised land. And here they were, like at the edge. And it's almost like these words jumped off the page at me. It says, possess the land. And this is God's word to his people today. A tremendous blessing awaits to those who are going to possess the land. But remember, in order for the Israelites to possess the land, what they have to do? They had to go in as an army and clean up the land because there was a lot of evil there. What does this mean for us? We got to cleanse ourselves of all that stuff that we've allowed into our lives that shouldn't be there. We got to find freedom. But just like God was with the Israelites when they defeated their enemies, he was with them. He's going to be with you as you defeat your enemies. You don't have to do it by yourself. So allow God's power to work in you as you find freedom and then possess the land. That's what God wants to do. You just wait. It's going to blow our mind. I prophesy right now that we're going to come out on the other side of this coronavirus most blessed. That's how it's going to go down. God's equipping us to make a difference for eternity. Now look at this. This is how Joseph's story ended up. And it's mind-blowing how this applies to us right now. In Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I could run around this room right now because COVID-19, you intended to harm me, but God is going to turn it for good to accomplish this, leading people to Jesus. That's what he's going to do. We're going to make a difference for eternity. And when bad things happen in your life, you might as well just smile because God's going to take that. He's going to turn it for good in your life. So push away the fear. Stand in faith. God is with you. God will protect you, and he'll always be good to you. I could stay here for a while, but we better move on. Here's the next way God reveals our purpose, and that's walking through open doors. In other words, sometimes God can only reveal his purpose when you, when you first take a step inside of an opportunity that he set before you. Man, this has happened to me many times personally. God put an opportunity before me to start a blog back in 2012, I didn't think I had anything to offer, but I decided, okay, I'll go ahead and take a peek inside this door of opportunity. And here we are eight years later, and I'm training hundreds of thousands of worship leaders and church sound techs on how to improve things at their church every year. Like this blows my mind. But God knew what he was doing when he just cracked that door open eight years ago. It's awesome. I just had to take a step inside. Or how about a job I got several years ago? I wasn't qualified for it. Like I I just discovered it online. It just kind of drew me in. I was like, well, I'll apply for it and see what happens got an interview, and they chose me. Not only that, but they actually gave me a $9 per hour raise when I'd been there less than a year because they were so happy with my competence in a job that I wasn't even qualified for. You tell me how that makes sense. I didn't have the degree that they wanted. I didn't have the experience they wanted, yet God opened the door. I took a peek inside, and he blessed me for it. It's awesome. The best story of this in the Bible is actually Esther. She was adopted, Uh, from a broken family. Her biological parents were dead. She was a Jewish person in a Babylonian culture. In other words, she was a misfit. The king was looking for him a new queen, and he wanted the most beautiful woman that he could find. So he kind of like held this beauty pageant, and he chose Esther. I guess she was the most beautiful one there. uh, there, But then there was somebody in the king's cabinet who was trying to kill all the Jewish people. And as you know, this has been going on forever. Like, just think back to the Holocaust. There's like this there's this demon spirit out there that tries to kill off the Jewish people. It goes on like nonstop. So here Esther was the queen and also Jewish. And then her uncle reminded her that Esther, you weren't made queen so you could enjoy the palace. 
You were made queen for a purpose. And here's what her uncle said to her, Mordecai. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. In other words, God gave her an opportunity. He opened a door for her. And now it was time for her to take a step inside that door and take advantage of the opportunity to save her people. What happened as a result of Esther going through that open door? Well, the guy who was actually planning to annihilate the Jewish people back then, he ended up being hung. And then the Jewish people destroyed their enemies. That's what happened. And it's awesome. When God places an open door before you, most likely you're going to kind of look at it and wonder, hey, well, how did that get there? It's going to surprise you. And the only way you find out if it's the right opportunity is you take a step inside and you look around. And at that point, it's going to become clear if it's something you're supposed to do or not. If you feel peace when you step inside, that's God. If you feel immediate anxiety, retreat. That's probably not God. So you should get away from it. But hear me on this. You have to take the step first. Otherwise, you're just going to be wondering what could have been, but you'll never know. All right, we need to move on to the last way that God reveals our purpose. Here it is, a God encounter. And the best example of this in the Bible is obviously the Apostle Paul. And Saul was his name before he was saved. Take a look at his story in Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he was out on this mission to kill anyone who proclaimed the name of Jesus. Men, women, children, he just wanted all of them dead. And as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And this is my prayer for you today, that you would experience a suddenly moment. I can stand here and teach you all day, and teaching is good, but we don't just need teaching. We need a God encounter. We need a spiritual encounter, like a light shining down from heaven. So he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Isn't it interesting that God didn't like write him off in this moment? Like God could have turned him into a puff of smoke and just got rid of the problem right there. But he didn't do that. Instead, God decided to realign him with his true purpose. And he ended up writing most of the New Testament that we read today. You know, what's interesting about this is we fuss a lot about one of our government people, Nancy Pelosi. And um, the Lord began speaking to me just yesterday about how, you remember what I did for Paul? The guy who was killing my people, who was against my people, and I turned him around. I turned his life around. And then he wrote most of the New Testament. Do you think that I could do that for Nancy? Uh, No, I didn't think about that until you told me about Paul. And then I remembered, yeah, you probably can do that. So I just want to take a moment right here just to pray for her. She She has a purpose. God created her for a purpose. She's deviated from that purpose, and she just needs to come back and get in. And can you imagine what would happen if she just realigned with her purpose? So, Lord, we come to you right now. And we stand here on behalf of Nancy Pelosi, and we ask you to realign her with her purpose. We ask you to put people around her who are going to speak truth to her. We ask you to deliver her from whatever demonic presence is causing her to do what she's doing. In Jesus' name, open her eyes to see the truth. Open her mind to see the truth. And I want to see the greatest awakening that we've ever seen in Nancy Pelosi. We call her back to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And now some of you, you're carrying around shame. You're carrying around regret because of what you've done, and you think that God's written you off and that you can't realign with your purpose, but you can.
God can realign you with your purpose right now. I mean, look at what God did with Paul. The guy who had a focused mission to kill as many Christians as he could. He's like, hey, I'm going to use him to write the Bible that we still read now, thousands of years later. So today, here's what God's saying to you. Get up and go into your purpose. It's sitting there waiting on you. You haven't messed it up. It's not too late. It's time. Get up and go into your purpose. And I remember a God encounter that I had just two years ago. I was out hiking and just kind of thinking about the reasons that I wouldn't be a good pastor. This was before I decided to say yes to it. I was too young. I, I didn't like to prepare messages. I, I didn't speak with enough passion. And I even had a man bun back then. And many of you are glad that I was delivered from that since then. But God stopped me right there in my thoughts. And from within me came this question. And it says, who says that you have to pastor like anybody else does? And I didn't have a good answer. And it's like God said exactly to me that day what he said to Jeremiah in the scripture we read earlier. You must go wherever I send you. You must say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. So this encounter with God is what gave me the courage to say yes to leading this church. And I believe that God is going to use this church to save many lives. We were made for this. I was made for this. And we're going to make a difference for eternity. But it takes more than me. Just It takes more than me discovering my purpose. You need to discover your purpose too because this is a team effort. We got to do this together. So let me pray over you today. And let's just ask God for an experience, for us all to experience a God encounter so he can speak to your heart exactly what your purpose is right now. So Lord, we come to you right now. We ask for a God encounter we ask for purpose just to begin to bubble, on, bubble up inside of every person that's listening right now, that it becomes clear to them what you've called them to do, specifics. Give them specifics, God, so they don't have to wonder. I believe you're speaking to hearts right now. Some of you listening right now are, are just being reminded of something that you already knew. You already knew what your purpose was because it was revealed to you when you were young and you were just reminded of it. And that means it's time. It's not too late. You haven't messed it up. Step into that purpose. Thank you, God, for clarity. Maybe you're listening right now and you realized at the beginning of my message that you kind of need to back up on this spiritual journey and, and get to know God first and then find freedom. And there's no better time to begin that journey than right now. And it all starts by realizing that Jesus, he went to the cross, he died, and then rose back to life all for one purpose, to restore your relationship with God. That's why he did all that. Jesus washed away everything you've done wrong. So there's, there's nothing blocking between you and God. All you have to do is receive this by faith, even though it may not fully make sense to you. And even though it may not feel fair that, that somebody else paid for the things that you've done wrong, you receive it by faith and you step into that relationship with God. And if you're ready to do that, simply make that decision in your heart right now. Just say, I believe in you, Jesus. And then I, I want to lead you in a prayer right now to solidify your decision. Just kind of put it in words. So go ahead and repeat this out loud after me. God, I need a real relationship with you. Today, I open up my life to knowing you personally. I ask you to forgive me for living life my own way. 
I receive the forgiveness provided for me through Jesus Christ. God, I give you my life. Amen. Lord, we thank you for everybody who made that decision right now, the best decision of their life. That's that you just cover them in love right now. Just let them experience your love. and connect them with the resources that they need to begin to build that relationship with you. Maybe they're new to study in the Bible and they need some resources to learn how to do that. God, connect them with those resources, God, and just, just divinely open doors for them in ways that they, they can't even explain. Put people in their lives that'll help lead them down that journey. And God, we thank you for the life change that just happened. We thank you that we're brand new people because of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer to welcome Jesus into your life, we want to support you along the journey that's ahead, but we can't support you if we don't know. So we set up an easy way for you to tell us. You simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. I promise we're not going to bug you. We're not going to spam you. We're just going to help you with those next steps in your journey. It's a good one. And we, we would love to go along that with you. So go ahead and send that text. All right, everybody, listen up. I know we're almost done, but I got something really cool to tell you. As you're fully aware, the pandemic has caused all kinds of like economic uncertainty. Businesses and churches all around the world are kind of scrambling to, to keep up and pay their bills. Well, you guys actually gave more last month in March than you did the previous two months before that. How incredible is that? In other words, our giving increased for March when the pandemic started. That's incredible. You guys are so generous, and I just wanted to thank you for your generosity, for your faithful generosity. You know, being generous is actually the best way to overcome financial fear and step into God's economy. We don't have to participate in the world's economy because we have Father God who like created all of this. Remember that supernatural thing I told you about? You're like, hey, that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. And aren't you glad it doesn't make sense? Just step into his economy by being faithful in your giving. Be a generous person. So let's, church, let's continue to be more generous than we've ever been. If you're ready to give today or maybe you want to give later this week, it's real easy. You simply head to your browser on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in nolimits.fyi, and then there's a giving button there. You just tap that giving button. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.